0: Capital. Here is tonight's Nations Report.
1: And it's news time across the Turks and Caicos Islands coming up in this evening's Nations Report on the local scene, Premier and Deputy met with TCI diaspora in the UK. Regionally, suspect in Haitian president assassination detained in Turkey. Internationally, Ireland, home to one of Europe's highest vaccination rates, imposes curfew as cases rise. And in sports, Jaden Davies takes first place at the 2021 Piranha Turkey Classic. These are just some of the headlines coming up for this evening, the 17th day of November 2021. With the details, I'm Damian Wilson. The Mayor of the Turks and Caicos Islands, the Honorable Charles Washington Mizik and Deputy Premier Honorable Erin J. Saunders met with approximately 70 Turks and Caicos Islanders living in the United Kingdom on Saturday, 13th November in Manchester. The aim of the meeting was to advise the diaspora on the Turks and Caicos Islands government's vision for 2040 and beyond, including projects ongoing and proposed but also to hear from the diaspora some of their concerns, particularly as it relates to their return to the Turks and Caicos Islands. Among the concerns highlighted by the diaspora were access to better health care services and specialized medical care, greater special needs support and assistance, employment opportunities for returning students, ease of access to government-issued documents. The premier assured the group that the Turks and Caicos Islands government has already begun a review of TCI's health care systems. TCIG has also allocated some $300,000 to assist with out-of-school special needs support and to assist with assessment and overseas care of students with special needs. The TCI delegation shared updates on investment opportunities for young professionals, postgraduate job opportunities for returning students, and financing for a student debts for startup businesses to support local investors and entrepreneurs through the access to finance initiatives, which will be aimed at providing access to development financing for Turks and Caicos Islanders. The Premier told the gathering that his government is aware that Turks and Caicos Islanders are are currently unable to take advantage of investment opportunities due to a lack of access to capital. Also adding that his government is currently developing a fund which will grant access to financing for young entrepreneurs and will ensure Turks and Caicos Islanders are poised to be in the best position for advantageous investment. Students were urged to consider the potential for growth in underdeveloped sectors in the TCI when choosing subject areas. Emphasis was placed on agriculture and other sectors including communications and information technology and the subsequent increase in job opportunities in those sectors with the implementation and establishment of the communications directorate and implementation of new e-government systems. The Office of the Premier and Public Policy says that it is in the process of establishing a diaspora register to gather information on the number of Turks and Caicos Islanders abroad, their location and area of study and or skills training. The information compiled will be shared with various ministries to assist citizens transition and assimilation once returning home. The Turks and Caicos Islands government also says that it is committed to providing policies, programs and favorable conditions that allow for Turks and Caicos Islanders who are returning home with degrees, job experience and training to benefit from gainful employment and leverage investment and business opportunities that will ultimately aid the development and diversification, strengthening and longevity of the TCI economy. The Premier and Deputy Premier were joined by Honorable Sean Malcolm, Honorable Kyle Knowles, the Deputy Secretary and the Head of Secretariat in the Office of the Premier, Mr. Miguel Swan and Miss Nika Bean, respectively. Also, the Executive Administrator for the Ministry of Finance, Investment and Trade, Ms. Larissa Robinson and the Administrative Officer for the Office of the Premier and Public Policy, Mr. Aaron Garland. We'll be right back with more local news after this brief break. This Tuesday and Wednesday, 16th and 17th November, saw the Blue Belt Program Workshop hosted in Providenciales. The objective of the workshop is to glean a comprehensive understanding of the priority work areas under each prioritized theme and the areas where the Blue Belt Program can offer the most valuable assistance to the TCI government and its delivery partners. Themes discussed at the workshop included marine spatial planning, marine protected area management, fisheries compliance and enforcement. The workshop was hosted and facilitated by the Overseas Territory Blue Belt Team Marine Management Organization, which offers assistance to UK Overseas Territories, UKOTs, towards management and protection of the marine environment. Since 2016, the Blue Belt Program, an ambitious UK government commitment, has supported the enhancement of protection and management across more than 4 million square kilometers of marine environments and resources around the UK OTEs. The two-day workshop was attended by Minister of Tourism, Agriculture, Fisheries, Heritage and the Environment, Honorable Josephine Conley, Executive Officer and Environment Policy Lead in the Governor's Office, O'Shine White, Representatives from the Department of Environment and Coastal Resources, the DECR, the Royal Turks and Caicos Islands Police Force Marine Branch, the Department of Marine Affairs, Fisheries and Marine Resource Management, the Turks and Caicos Islands Fisheries Co-op and the Turks and Caicos Islands National Trust and the Joint Nature Conservation Committee, the JNCC. His Excellency the Governor Nigel Daking chaired the 33rd meeting of Cabinet on Wednesday, 10th of November at the Office of the Premier and providenciales All members of the Cabinet were present with the exception of the Minister of Immigration, Honorable Arlington Musgrove. Some of the matters covered by Cabinet at that meeting included an update by the Ministry of Health and discussion on further measures being taken to address and mitigate against the threat of COVID-19 to the country including pattern of positive cases, in particular among unvaccinated persons, progress on community testing, progress on administrative, that's administration of vaccines, in particular, boosters and school shots, delivery of new vaccines to TCI to take place on 1st December 2021, installation of oxygen generation at both into health Canada Hospitals and the establishment of a national laboratory on the island of Grand Turk. Cabinet also approved the revised port health policy and the drafting of associate legislation and regulations and associated funding to strengthen the laws of the Turks and Caicos Islands to protect travel and trade from countries with diseases of international concern. Cabinet approved an extension of the existing COVID-19 measures and protocols, which will come into effect from 5 a.m. on Wednesday, 1st, December, unless otherwise stated, and will remain in place until 28th, February, 2022. Cabinet discussed a new Turks and Caicos Islands national beach vending and coastal commercial activity policy and a bill to give effect to it the building of the appropriate facilities and timelines for the establishment of an associated for enforcement unit and the completion of the draft legislation. Cabinet also approved a revised budget for the Anti-Money Laundering Committee for the period 2020 to 2023 cabinet also approves supreme court amendment bill 2021 expanding the scope of public funded legal aid in line with the united nations sustainable development goal number 16 of 2030 Cabinet noted a paper on the launch of a custom, that's a customer protection campaign, educating traders about the extent of preferences available to them as the TCI government moves to promote economic diversification and raising awareness of the consumer protection ordinance, which came into force in February of 2020. Cabinet also approved an order establishing the national colors to be used by sporting bodies in the design of their national uniforms for teams and individuals representing the Turks and Caicos Islands in competition. Cabinet approved planning uh, application PR14362 for the the redevelopment and modernization of the existing self dock port providentiales. Cabinet was updated on a list of programs jointly sponsored by the government of the Turks and Caicos Islands and the Caribbean Development Bank, including a transportation master plan study, a climate resilience study, and a solid waste management project. Cabinet discussed and supported in principle a draft social assistance policy and increases to social enhancement aid and foster care payments. At that meeting on the 10th, Cabinet also approved a 4% increase for national insurance contribution rates and a schedule for implementation for this. This would be a 1% increase in the current financial year and further 1% increase in financial year 2022-2023, financial year 2023-2024, and financial year 2024-2025. Cabinet also approved the renewal of a lease on parcel 50500 forward slash 247 Whitby, North Caicos, where the police station is situated for a period of three years. Cabinet also approved the new grant Turcruise lease. Tourism assistance policy and the level of assistance to help businesses directly improve to be that's involved to be better prepared for the anticipated return of cruise liners in early December. Cabinet approved a new due diligence policy for the Investors and Caicos Agency and new processing fee structure for undertaking due diligence. It also confirmed the earlier approval for the extension of the suspension of the issuance of new visas to Haitian nationals originating from Haiti with effect from 8 November 2021 until 31st January 2022. Cabinet was updated on issues relating to various ministries, including Education Ministry, Tourism, Health, Finance, and the Office of the Deputy Governor, the Office of the Deputy Premier, Attorney General Chambers, and the Office of the Governor. This brings us to the end of this segment of the newscast. Stay tuned to Radio Turks and Caicos. Up next is news from the region. Haitian authorities on Tuesday said that a Haitian businessman, Samar Handel, suspected of complic- complicity in the assassination of President Juvenil Moise, had been detained in Turkey. I just had a telephone conversation with the Turkish Chancellor, my friend, Mavlut Kasavalu, to thank Turkey for the arrest of Samir Handel, one of the people of great interest in the investigation into the assassination of President Hovenel Moyes," said Foreign Minister Claude Joseph. We are going to continue diplomatic efforts with Turkey so that Samar Handel can be transferred quickly to Haiti and appear in court, Joseph said, adding that he has since sent correspondents to Kosovalu requesting rapid processing of Handel's transfer to Haiti. Turkey, that's Turkish media, reported on Tuesday that Handal, who was being sought with an International Interpol Red Notice, was detained at the Istanbul airport by authorities as he was flying tr- transit from the United States to Jordan. Moïse, was assassinated at his private residence on July 7th. His wife, Martine Moise, was also severely injured during the incident and had to be flown to the United States for medical treatment. Haitian law enforcement authorities have detained a group of Colombian mercenaries as the main suspects in the murder of the 53-year-old former businessman who took office in 2017. However, no one has been charged or convicted in connection with the case. Joseph said that Haiti is also working with other friendly countries to ensure that all suspects fleeing abroad are arrested and tried. Handel is the second suspect on the run arrested after Mario Palacio Palacio, a former Colombian military officer, was arrested in Kingston, Jamaica last month. The authorities are searching for several other suspects, including the main Joseph Felix Badio, a former Haitian Justice Ministry official.
0: This is the Carib Update News Service. I'm Wendy Chateau reporting. Jamaica says it will soon have to limit what it spends on hospitalized COVID-19 patients this is the big story we're tracking this hour on wednesday november 17 2021 details of this story and more straight ahead now for the details jamaica's prime minister andrew Holness has said the government will soon have no choice but to limit how much it spends on treating people who are in hospital for COVID 19. He noted that hospitals have had to defer treatment of other conditions because of the COVID-19 caseload. Holness complained that this is unfair, pointing out that other countries have started asking patients to foot the bill for hospital care related to the coronavirus. He said the government is not planning to go that route, but could take other steps to contain the cost. Holness was speaking in the House of Representatives on Tuesday. Public officers in Belize have until December 15 to show proof that they have been vaccinated against the coronavirus or face the risk of being marked absent from work and subject to disciplinary action. A circular from the Public Service Constitutional and Political Reform stated that for the safety of all public officers and the public service, it has been decided that all essential workers and other public officers must be vaccinated by December 15, 2021. In October, Prime Minister John Dresino had warned that by year end, all frontline workers will have to be vaccinated. Disgruntled parents and students in Antigua and Barbuda protested outside the Ministry of Education on Tuesday against the government's decision to enforce a vaccine mandate in schools. Currently, children between 12 and 18 years old who are not vaccinated against coronavirus cannot attend school. But an online platform is available for the students to continue their education. Last week, the Ministry of Education said around 3,000 of the 8,000 students who are eligible to receive the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine are unvaccinated. Almost 4,000 people in Cayman are currently in isolation at home or at government facilities as COVID-19 cases continue to increase. A statement issued on behalf of the Ministry of Health said of the 3,940 people in isolation... 2,849 were active cases of COVID-19. Figures released on Friday showed that 265 people tested positive. Cayman has recorded 4,203 cases of the coronavirus since the start of the pandemic. This is Newsbreak from the Carib Update News Service. In more news, with the Trinidad State of Emergency nearing its end, Health Minister Terence Dialsing says the government will be updating the public health regulations very soon. Speaking with Guardian Media, Dialsing did not disclose what would change once the SOE comes to a premature end on Wednesday. The first set of public health regulations restricting certain measures came into effect on March 19, 2020. Since then, the regulations have been varied from time to time, dependent on how bad the COVID-19 situation was in the country. St. Lucia's Prime Minister Philip J. Pear said his administration is looking to appoint a special prosecutor ostensibly to look into the conduct of the former government. The indication came in the St. Lucia Parliament on Tuesday.
1: I'm in possession of a draft bill that will lead to the appointment of a special prosecutor, which, when agreed to by Cabinet, will be tabled in Parliament for consideration by this Honorable House.
0: He suggested that there might have been financial mismanagement by the now former Alan Shaisley government.
1: The reckless financial management of our country during the last administration is worse than we had initially thought. On the last administration, Saint Lucia had been left on the edge of a financial cliff, which requires which requires prudent financial management if we avoid to be fall if we have to avoid falling into a financial abyss.
0: This has been another edition of Newsbreak from the Carib Update News Service, the Caribbean's newsroom. Reporting this hour, I am Wendy Chateau.
1: This brings us to the end of regional news. Stay tuned. Up next is news from the international scene. Ireland will impose a midnight curfew on bars, restaurants and nightclubs from Thursday. Its Prime Minister, Mikhail Martin, has announced as the country tackles a fresh wave of COVID-19 cases. Martin said the country's rise in infections is a cause of deep concern as he unveiled a swath of new measures aimed at reducing socialization across the board. They include a return to guidance that people work from home and an expansion of where a vaccination pass is required. People must now show them at theatres and cinemas. Ireland has one of Europe's highest vaccination rates with 89.1% of people over the age of 12 having been immunized. But its booster program has only been available to those over 60, healthcare workers and at-risk people. The government is making plans to offer third shots to those in in their 50s and people with underlying health conditions, Martin said. The Prime Minister called for a collective effort to keep Ireland's economy open and pointed towards the picture emerging across Europe, where cases are generally rising and causing governments to bring in fresh restrictions. The Ireland recorded its highest case number since January last Friday when five thousand four hundred eighty-three new infections were reported. Deaths remain at a far lower rate than during its January peak, but inching upwards. The country also recorded its second highest rate of hospital admissions in twenty twenty one this week, according to Martin. One of the capital, Dublin's main hospitals, the Meta Hospital, moved to ICU surge capacity on Monday and is now ventilating patients outside intensive care, according to state broadcaster RTE. But the new rules were met with disappointment across the hospitality sector, particularly among the owners of clubs which were only allowed to reopen last month after being shut since March of 2020. The Veterinaires Federation of Ireland, VFI, said in a statement posted that the move was a very disappointing measure for the many late-night pubs and nightclubs, many of whom will be forced to shut just three weeks after reopening. CEO of the Restaurants Association of Ireland, RAI, Adrian Cummings, said that given the country's high vaccination rate, the reintroduction of restrictions on hospitality shows that living with COVID is not viable for our country. The measures which were agreed by Cabinet earlier on Tuesday represent an appropriate response to the situation, we find ourselves in, Martin said, and I know that no one wants to go back to a world of widespread restrictions, he added. Ireland now joins a rising number of EU countries to reintroduce restrictions ahead of the winter. COVID-19 infections are rising across the block, particularly in central and eastern parts of the region. On Monday, a lockdown for unvaccinated people came into effect in Australia, while Germany's new government is pushing to reintroduce harsh new measures on people who have not been inoculated. Here is the BBC Minute and its overview of the coronavirus situation. BBC Minute on coronavirus. It's Tom and Andrew. Japanese Chancellor Angela Merkel has described the worsening coronavirus situation in the country as dramatic as she appealed for those sceptical of vaccines to change their minds. 52,826 new infections were reported there on Wednesday, another daily record. While well, globally, the World Health Organization's latest data shows there were 3.3 million new cases over the past week, with the 2.1 million of those in Europe. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has spent the day in Kenya at the start of a tour of Africa. Africa with talks on COVID on the agenda. He said the millions of vaccine doses donated by the US to African nations came with no political strings attached.
0: Sweden has reversed a controversial
1: decision to stop recommending testing for people who are fully vaccinated but show COVID symptoms. The country's public health agency has now U-turned on that advice following criticism. And taxi app Uber has begun a tentative resumption of its ride-sharing service in the US after suspending it last year due to COVID concerns. BBC Minutes. That was the BBC Minute and their synopsis of the coronavirus situation. Stay tuned to Reader Turks and Caicos. Up next is sports. And uh, Jaden David, a senior swimmer with Provo Aquatic Swim Club, recently attended the annual Piranhas Turkey Classic Swimming Tournament, which required athletes to swim all four disciplines in a timed final to be in contention for the top prizes. The prizes included top three finishes with a trophy, medal, and a Thanksgiving turkey. Before leaving the island, Jaden said his goal was to return with the trophy for first place and reminded himself of that every day until he got into the water on Sunday. Arriving at the pool in Pompano Beach, Florida, it was 58 degrees which started to prove challenging but fortunately the warm-up pools temperature was around 80 degrees the 11 to 12 year old male age group featured 11 heats with eight swimmers per heat since this was Jaden's first time swimming under U.S. Swimming, he was entered with no swim times, meaning he would not get to swim the heats with fastest swimmers to test his competitiveness. He did not allow that to deter him. In the first event, the 50-yard butterfly, he blew through the f- competition, swimming the fastest time of the day in 27.85 seconds. After not winning the back, the 50-yard backstroke and the 50-yard bracket, Stroke, it came down to the featured event of the meet, the 50 yard freestyle. By this time, everyone wanted to know who this anti or no-time guy was. At swim meets, anti-swimmers are really in contention to place. Jaden was only ahead about two seconds and needed to win this one to capture his goal, and he sure did, finishing in a time of 225.25 seconds. He understood the moment and the pressure, and responded like the champion he is. He is excited about his future in swimming. I want to say congratulations to Jayden as he takes on swimming. Jayden, we wish you all the best. And in a little NBA news, Stephon Curry had 37 points easily winning matchup of the NBA's two top scorers when Kevin Durant had his worst night of the season and the Golden State Warriors beat the Brooklyn Nets 117-99 in the NBA on Tuesday night. Durant came in leading the league with 29.6 points per game, but he only managed 19 points. The first time all season, he didn't hit 20. He shot 0 for 8 in the decisive third quarter and finished 6 for 19 after sitting the fourth. Curry almost caught his former teammate for the NBA scoring lead, making nine three-pointers and raising his average to 28.7 points per game. Durant dropped to 28.9 points per game. Curry was 12 for 19 overall with fans loudly cheering his long shots and giving him MVP, MVP chance while Durant and the home team misfired. Andrew Wiggins added 19 points for the Warriors who buns back from a loss in Charlotte that stopped a seven-game streak and improved their NBA best record to 12-2 on the season. This brings us to the end of today's newscast. Of course, stay tuned for a recap of the headlines. And taking a look back at the headlines for today on the local scene... Premier and deputy met with TCI Diaspora in the UK. Regionally, suspect in Haiti, president assassination detained in Turkey. Internationally, Ireland, home to one of Europe's highest vaccination rates, imposes curfews as cases rise. And in sports, Jaden Davies takes first place at the 2021 Piranha Turkey Classic. Thank you for joining us for today's newscast for the RTC News and Production team. I'm Damien Wilson reminding you that you can log on to www.rtc89fm.com to view these and other news stories or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Join us again
0: tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.